With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the 1871 podcast. And tonight we have a very special guest, part of the legendary 106 team with Reading. It's Leroy Lita. So a very warm welcome, first of all, to you, Leroy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome and thanks for coming on. And uh, we've got Johnny who's um, stepped back into his normal co-presenter's shoes. So thanks for, for filling in for me, Johnny. Um, and you did a did a great job and had a had a great chat with Noel Hunt, didn't you? I think you enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, very good, mate. It's always, it's always lovely to talk to, like all the running lads. Yeah. And before we speak to um, Leroy, Johnny, just a word on the, the current state of play with Reading, another home game, uh, this time against Hull. So by the time this episode goes out, um, it'll be Saturday morning. So um, this afternoon, home to Hull. Is it fingers crossed, Johnny, or, or what are you hoping for? Let's put the tin hat on and hope for the best at the yeah. minute, isn't it? We, we somehow get a result. We need a result. We need, you know, with the Paul and gone on about the, the performances. I'm not convinced that they've been that good. You know, we need something to change and we need, you know, the gap is getting closer. We yeah. need a win. And that's that's it, you know, and uh, home game against a team that's a bit easier than, the, the you know, the teams we've been playing recently. Yeah, we just have to go for it. And, and we'll keep saying we'll win one. Eventually we'll get it right, Mark, before the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, as, as, long as, it's, as long as it's not another defeat, I think then it starts to get really worrying, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Very um, three defeats at home on the road is not, you know, not yeah. good. But it's um it's a bit different from your time at, at, at Reading at the moment, Leroy. I mean, you you came into to Reading and all you knew at Reading was success pretty much, wasn't it? So do, do you follow do you still follow Reading's results? Do you still look out for the results? Um, I have a look at look out now and again, but I don't think there's anyone there that in the playing squad or the staff that are, that was there when I was there anyway. So I don't really... Yeah, now and again, I'll have a look, see how they got on. But um, yeah, they're struggling at the moment. I see that by you guys' voices and that. Yeah, you can, <laughs> um, tell. You can tell. Um, yeah, it's, it's different times, isn't it? So I'm a Chelsea fan anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's a 
tough one, um, you know, and there's talk of six point deductions, all that sort of thing. But obviously, Reading was just just one of your your clubs, and um, you were because uh, you you weren't born in England, were you? you were born in Zaire, I think, wasn't it? Is that right? Yeah, it's called it's called Democratic Republic of Congo now. So, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah. it was Zaire back then, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, when, when did you when did you sort of come to England? Was it a sort of very young age? I was five years old when I came to England. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was I was four when I came to Europe. I lived in Belgium first, yeah, and then I came over to England to live yeah. live over here. Uh, and um, you mentioned Chelsea already that you're a Chelsea fan, and, and you actually started at Chelsea, didn't you? In um, I think it was 1999. You you were playing for the um, Chelsea's youth team, weren't you? 98 from 1998. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. 2001. So three years there as an academy player. Yeah, and then and then you went on obviously to Bristol City after that, and and then to to Reading. But what was that? What was that grounding like for you at, at, at Chelsea? And and was it a, a disappointment for you when you know you you didn't sort of go on to break into the first team? Or what were your thoughts about that? Um, I think what happened in the end was probably a blessing because it gave me more hunger, and determination, and desire. So um, yeah, it was good. It was good to be a part of Chelsea Academy. I learned a lot there. Um, disappointed, don't get me wrong, to not get a scholar there or YTS in my time. Um, but I got on the phone to ringing up clubs, um, trying to get a trial here and there. I even rang Reading, by the way, <laughs> um, when I was 16 years old. And they said they already um, sorted their scholars for the year. And so there's no place for me there. And I rang up Bristol and Bristol Rovers. They both um, told me to come down. I played a game for. Bristol Rovers and then play for Bristol City the next day and you know I came on a half time scored five and then the rest is you know history yeah yeah well we, we've got to come on to your your time at Reading but I want to bring Johnny in now um Johnny over to you because uh, obviously we've got a lot to talk about Leroy's fantastic time at, at Reading and all the other clubs he's played for so over to you now Johnny yeah how did the, the move to Reading come about Right, and, and what what made you sign? And I think you could have a first million pound player, if I'm mis- not mistaken. Is that? Yeah, people keep reminding me of that. Um, <laughs> um, well, I had a, my breakthrough season at Bristol City. I think I was eighteen or nineteen, and um, top scorer. I think twenty nine goals for the club that season. I think Burnley, a few clubs made a bid, but the club um, Bristol at the time, I had a year left on my contract. I didn't accept what the club was offering. Um, also, I just moved into my apartment in Bristol at the time and then I got a call one afternoon. It's off-season. I think I was doing some washing or something like that um, from the chairman. And um, Steve Lanza has rang me and said, um, Lero, we've accepted a fee from you, um, a fee from Reading for you. I was like, what? And I had no idea about Reading. And, okay. and there, there was no speculation already, anything like that. And then I rang my agent and he told me and, and I was like, yeah, you, I've looked at it. I never really knew Reading Football Club. I knew Scott Murray. He had been there because he was playing with me at Bristol all the time. And he did enjoy it. And he came straight back. So it wasn't... I didn't ring him to ask him about Reading. Um, so that, I just got on the phone to my agent. He told me that the fee's been agreed and everything like that. And then a couple of days later, Brian McDermott has drove down and come to my apartment to help me pack up. Um 
he's put me, packed up a few things, put he put it in his car, and he's drove me down to Bristol. Uh, sorry, to Reading from Bristol because I didn't drive at the time. And um, me and Brian just had a chat. We're just talking football. And uh, you know what? I've, I love Brian for the rest of my life, man. He's a brilliant bloke and just a genuine, proper person. And we just spoke football. And, and he just he told me about every goal I scored, what teams. He knew every single game. He knew everything. I was like, I've never met this guy in my life, but he knew every single goal I scored, how I scored it, uh, who against. And uh, I was like, they really like me. And then that was Brian's side of it. And then I've got down to the Majeski. I've told this story many times, but I'll tell you guys if you ain't heard it. Well, we just... That's a Majeski. Um, in a hotel. We've got breakfast. John Majeski. He didn't Hello? Oh, sorry, Leroy. We lost you a bit there, but you're yeah. back. Where did you, where did you lose me? Uh, you said you were uh, you arrived at the stadium. I think we got to. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah. I arrived at the stadium, checked in the hotel, had slept the night. Next day, I've gone down to have breakfast. Walked past Sir John, and um, he didn't recognise me. And he was with Silla Black at the time. They're having breakfast together, and my agents had to tap him and say. John, this is Leroy, by the way. And uh, me and my agent walked off and I laughed. I went, this man just spent a million pounds on me. He don't even know what I flipping look like. <laughs> <laughs> and we just having a laugh about it. And yeah, that was my start to Reading. I was like, you know, then I, from my experience, you understand, a lot of owners are not really into football. You know, they don't know their players and stuff like that. But I, I find no offence to that. But I just thought it's funny. Yeah, go on, Johnny. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you... Um... I'll let you sort of take over for a little bit if you like. Yeah, and so when when you got there, Leroy, what was it like walking into the, in the change room? As a kid, what was up? Um, it was fine. Um, I got on with most of the lads straight away. Um, it wasn't. I wasn't intimidated by anyone. Just wanted to get on with it, and um, yeah. Um, I think Harps was in the gym one day. Harps and Nick Hammond was in there. Harps wanted some new equipment, <laughs> and um, Nick Hammond said we can't afford it. And, and Harp, I shouted at him, "Well, you just fucking spent a million pound on him." <laughs> so, <laughs> as a joke, not offence to me, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> did that weigh on you when you were playing? Like you, know, you said about the million pound thing, did it bother you? Or you know, when you there's a settling in. No, not one bit. I didn't even think about it. People spoke about it to me all the time. It just went over my head. I don't care. I didn't care. I knew my ambition, so I just focused on that. Yeah. And what was it when you, know, you said about Brian? I think everyone, everyone's everyone got a good word about Brian. He's such a lovely guy. And what about with Steve Koppel when you met him for the first time? What was your impression? I was a bit in awe because he brought my hero into the game. Yeah, right. So I knew of Steve Koppel. I didn't know Brian and um, I had no clue who Brian was. I know he is now, obviously, explaining that, but Steve I knew of because he, I've heard the stories of from me hearing Neil Wright talk about him and then, yeah, I was a bit in awe of him and then he was, he was fine. I got on with, with him well. He was quite honest and, uh, yeah, he's a top bloke. Last summer, I saw him last summer, but I still call him now and again just for a chat. Yeah. 
And then, like, you know, that's that start of that season. What was your expectation as a platform for yourself, to, you know, to start off with us? Um, it, was a, it was up a level for me. Um, I wanted to see how many goals I can get in the Championship for a personal target. But when I got to the club, everyone was talking about the Premiership, and that's what excited me the most. Everyone yeah. was like, the club's ambition was to be in the Premier League. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to show people that I could score goals at that, that level as well. Is a next step for me on a personal level. Oh, Leroy, will you, if you're still there, we, we've we lost you for now. It's probably just the connection. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure he'll be back any second, hopefully. Is it me? Is it me? It's <laughs> okay. It's all right. Um, Leroy, can I just ask you, you mentioned about Ian Wright, like when you, um, you know, when you were a young player, was, was he your your hero and, and did you aspire to sort of emulate what he'd done? Was that kind of your ambition, if you like? No, I, he was the first person I've seen play football and, that, and saw him, saw the enjoyment in his face and how he celebrated goals. And that was the first player that I saw really enjoying it. And I fell in love with him and I was, I'm a Chelsea fan as well. And um, yeah, he was the number. But I had other players I looked up to. You know, I never emulate wanted to emulate his game because I know we're goal scorers. But he's a totally different player to me. So um, yeah, he's better than me. <laughs> he was a lot better, a lot better than me. But um, yeah, I just fell in love with the person, watching the person play football and what it meant to him and how he expressed himself. Well, I know, um, talking of Ian, Ian Wright and, you know, any comparisons, I know, you, you know, you mentioned there, obviously to, to Arsenal fans, he, 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 Ian Wright's a legend, but you fall into that category, Lita, uh, Leroy Lita with um, Reading, don't you? So um, I think that, you know, it was just such an amazing season when when you came to, to Reading with uh, Dave Kitson and... Kevin Doyle, you know what? What was that like being being part of that? Because it was such a good balance, and and you were all you've all got that legendary status. All, all of those players have, but just though you know the front players, there was that real dynamism and, and energy about you, and you kind of you worked really well together, and it just seemed to all fit and click. What what was your what was your view of of how that worked with playing with those other players? Do you know what? Let, let's not. Around the bush here, do you know it works so well? Because between the three of us, we had Shane Long there as well, but he was a youngster there and he wasn't quite established yet. Why work with the three of us? Because one of us was always injured. <laughs> one one would be injured, the other one one would come back from injury, then someone would get injured, and it was probably easy for the manager because he we didn't, no one was knocking on his door. Because I don't remember, maybe at the beginning of the season, all three of us was fit. Right, and um, that was the only time I think in the first game I started off. No, that's a lie. That's Kitson won't fit at the beginning of the season. When the season we went up, I think I started up front with Doily or one of them, either way around. One was always injured, so I think that worked out well for us because it wasn't really you know, we knew there's three of us, two of us are going to play, so um, yeah, one's injured and two fit, they're playing. Yeah, Johnny, I'll let you come back in now. Go on. Yeah, and so like that that squad you had, Leroy. I mean, the, the creativity. It must have been a dream as a striker to play when you got Glenn Little, Bobby Convey, Sidwell, Harper. 
feeding you, you know, the the, the chances that you you got. It must have been a dream. Uh, I think I got more chances when I was at Bristol City. I got more chances in that team, you know. Sorry. But that was in League One. But yeah, I know what you mean. Um, with the likes of Bobby, um, then Hill on the other side. I, I still can't work him out. He's one of the very good players, by the way. Just looking at him, I thought, how's this guy playing football? He's all dangly and not quick, but no. tricky. He was tricking and very intelligent footballer. So, yeah, we created plenty of chances. We all worked hard as well. And, uh, you know, we, we absolutely suffered teams that year. We didn't give them a break at all. And I think we had a group at that time where we pretty young and a couple of older heads there. But we, all the youngsters, even you like to said, were Harper. We're all hungry. Yeah, we're all hungry to get to the top. So I think we, how Reading got that group of lads together at one time is unbelievable. Because I look at it now and you don't see it anywhere else. It's just, just so unreal to be fortunate enough to be a part of that. Looking back now, because that they really did some work there. I'm talking about this, your Brian McDermott's there the scouts and all that, to get pe- that many group of people that hungry in one team is unreal. And not for a lot of money either, really, was it? The, 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 the whole squad value was... Yeah. That'll cost you a billion pounds now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, wouldn't it? Yeah. This That's just you, yeah. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, did you have a preference, Lee, or who you, who you preferred playing up front with in your time at Reading? I didn't, I didn't care as long as I was one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't care about that. Now, do you know what we did? Actually, we all got on really well. And uh, Doyle, I think, is one of the funniest, funniest guys in the group. People don't think it, but he's one of the funniest guys. He used to do some strange things. That that guy. Uh, won't go into it. That's for another day. Another day. Um, yeah, we just we all clicked, and um, we all understood each other, respected each other, and all all three strikers, four strikers were different. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? We was all different. And I think uh, the manager was blessed to have that, you know. Looking back, it was really fortunate to have four totally different strikers. And, you know, that there's not many squads that have that now. So, When did you start believing, you know, as that season went on? Oh, no, we lost the first game, didn't we? And kind of like, what? But then from then Le- on... When- Leicester away. <laughs> 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 That's when I believed it. Yeah, yeah. That was slit seriously. Our focus when I know everyone else was getting excited. We weren't excited till it was done. You, we know football. Anything can happen. Like so, we weren't too excited. I wasn't even at Leicester that day because I had a broken leg. If you remember, um, I wasn't even there, and um, I think I was at a family party or something like that. And I was just checking the score, checking so we only needed a draw. We drew one one and. Yeah, I just couldn't believe that we're in the Premier League. And, um, but th- after that, it shows the group because we could all relax then, you know, got our cigars out and party for the rest of it. Well, I did because I was injured. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we didn't. Everyone kept their focus and stayed unbeaten to the end of the season. Like from, You know what I mean? That, that's unbelievable because we was ready up, the job done. We weren't champions, but we was up, and that was the target. But everyone stayed focused, and we, you know, managed to get 106 points, which is um, in danger of being beaten by Burnley. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't, never be beaten though for a Reading fan. That that season, I think, was just immense. You know, to watch you guys and 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 the fun you guys had as well. It looked like you you just enjoyed playing as a team. You know, playing for each other, and it was a special time, wasn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. When, when at the time I didn't realize it, but when you look back now and just think of moments and you know being around that group and it's, yeah, it's, it's really special time, especially for the town because I've been back a few times and it's a bit, a bit dull. You know what I mean? I don't remember Reading being like that. Even when we was in the championship, it wasn't. Not dissing Reading, but I've been back a couple of times. It's not been, you know, it's a bit down at the moment. But you know, sometimes you have to go through these stages. Um, yeah, but that time was just incredible, and I'm, I'm sure, Reading fans will never forget that, and I'm sure the club won't stop talking about it. No. Johnny, do you need to? Um, you're running out of time, I think, aren't you? Do you need to go? I've got. I've only got five more minutes, and I'll have to. I'll, I'll let. I'll let you have the next few minutes, and then, and then no, you, no, I know no. you need to go. Yeah, no, thanks Thanks for your time, Leroy. Just put like, that season again, because I mean, we could talk about it forever. What was your, you said like the um, the Leicester game, but what was your personal highlight playing-wise for yourself? That season? Um, I don't personal highlight, probably, I don't know. My personal highlight was when I was injured. Because when I weren't playing. Because just just to see the focus on the boys, okay. Uh, my, my personal one, one, what game just I stuck out? I can't, I can't. That, it wasn't personal; it's was a whole team thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really feel like no one player. Everyone like put something into the team all the time. It was everybody. You know yeah. I mean, someone was injured, someone come in and help do the job. So it wasn't. I can't really think like that because it wasn't about that. It was about that squad and. We was all together, literally everything from pre-season when we went to Sweden. Um, from that moment, we just stuck together and all so focused. And yeah, it's was, it was just unbelievable. Um, I remember the, the personal, the gaffer set me targets every month. Yeah. He would give me a piece of paper and tell me what, no, in fact, he used to write on a piece of paper, we got this many games and when you get this many goals, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I never had that before. So it wasn't putting pressure on me. I liked it, to be fair, because I know what the manager expects from me. And then, you know, it was pretty good. So, yeah, I really can't think of a personal... If you want to go into games, I, I didn't really feel like that. I felt it was a whole team thing, if you know what I mean. And off the pitch, what was the celebrations like at the end of the season? <laughs> I can't remember them. Like, yeah. I remember the I remember the team. What did we do? The, the, the bus around the town? I remember yeah. that. I remember, yeah, I wasn't in a good place then. I had to put my hat on and just like, just try and stay away a bit. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think we went to, we had a party everywhere, I think. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. And Reading was open for us. And I was there. So, <laughs> no, yeah, it was good times. Just like, before I, I head off, last week, like, what was it like for you being back at the Legends game and meeting up with all those guys again? Would you get like in touch a lot with was, some of those players? It was like I was there yesterday. Honestly, just it was it was like I was there yesterday. Just to see the faces and hear the voices again, all the yeah. banter and everything like that. It was brilliant. Like, just yeah, you, I felt like um, even though I didn't get on, we weren't all friends, but I felt home like with people within football that you really got a lot of time for, and that helps you on your way and to you know and have success. And I really felt at home and. I, it was nice seeing Bobby again, um, Marcus, the, them guys who don't live in England anymore. Some of the others I've seen, but yeah, it was lovely to catch it. Honestly, it was, it was so weird. I'm sure people say this all the time, but just being in that room, 
in the change room, all them lads. It was just magical, man. Because I had my my daughters there, everything like that. So it was, it was, it was a great day for everybody. I think. I think the fans as well. I mean, we'll never forget it. Just to see you guys, see you scoring again for Reading, and still looking as quick as you did then. <laughs> yeah, I'm still playing. That's why. Yeah. Um, no. Um, I think yeah, definitely. I think clubs need to do that more, especially with teams that have done well. For, and you know, because it's memories for the fans. At the end of the day, that's. You only have that one. You know, Reading are not going to get that twice. You know, they've got two promotions to the Prem, but that team, you're not going to have that. Not many teams are going to have that, and I think it's important. I'm so glad that Ron's still there. That would not happen without Ron. Because I know anyone else rang me, I would not have answered. But when Ron, when Ronnie calls you, you have to you have to answer to Ronnie. You know, he's an unsung hero, isn't he? Yeah, unsung people like that. A lovely bloke. Still the same, still gives you the big hug and just like warm guy, man. Like him and his wife. Ah, it was nice to see him as well because he he was a big part of our team. You know, yeah. Ronnie was a big part of our team, and uh, a lot of people don't. I'm sure they do now because he's he's always around the club now, and it's so right, rightly so as well because that guy's give his life to Reading, and um, you know, he he deserves a statue outside that stadium. He's brilliant. All right, Johnny, do you need to go? Yeah, thanks so much, Leroy. Take care. John, take care, Johnny, mate. See you later. All right, yeah. so Johnny's, uh, Johnny's heading off. He he's um, he took a bit of time. He's actually at work. Um, they let him have a bit of time off work. So um, we're going to carry on without Johnny now when while he gets back to work. So, Leroy, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned a couple of players already. Um, you mentioned the sort of respect and admiration you had for Brian McDermott. Um what about the, the players? Because obviously there were some big characters in, in that side. Um, you, you mentioned Glenn, uh, Glenn Little. Um, but what about the sort of the, the quieter players? So, you know, you have players like Ivar Ingemarsson and you have players like Ibrahim Asonko who weren't necessarily, you know, the bigger outspoken Personalities, but who, did you did you just say Sonko? Well, outspoken. <laughs> I, I don't know who who do you think who did you respect? The I don't think I don't think there was I don't think there was a quiet. I don't think there was a quiet member of that squad. To be honest, everyone was a character. Everyone was a big. Yeah. I'm telling you how I knew Reddit had very smart in their recruitment because we had great characters all over the place. Even the players who weren't playing, like your likes of Graham Stack. Massive yeah. character in that squad, massive. And I, I've done. He didn't play that much, did he? I don't think he made a league appearance, but he was one of the big characters who kept things going and keeping things lively. Um, Sonko, another one. I lived with Sonko when I first moved there, so he he was a big character in the change room. You know, big voice. So I can look around and think Ingemarsson was a big character. Yeah, he spoke every day. Like he won't be screaming and shouting. You know, people won't talk about him by outside, maybe, but within the squad, he was a big character. Marcus Hanneman, Bobby Convey in his own way, because you don't want to wind Bobby up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's you, and you you have to, you have to speak a certain way to Bobby because otherwise you you you're having an argument or he's not going to talk to you. So there's massive characters all over the place. So I don't know. Maybe Shane was a bit quiet. Even he weren't quiet because he got his guitar out and started singing in front of the lads. Um, it, that takes character, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, honestly, I think I can't think of one who wasn't. James Harper never shut up. 
<laughs> never shut up. He used to tell the managers to F off. But the manager knew he didn't mean it in a bad way or anything like that. It's just harps, just the way he is. Um, yeah, so I can't really think of a character that was quiet. And, and you mentioned, you talked about Ron and uh, you mentioned Graham Stack. And, um, you know, how important was it to have that kind of, not not just the players that were playing, but how important was it to have people like Graham Stack who were on the sidelines? And, you know, w- did it feel like a, a sort of a, a family almost? Was it that kind of feel to it? Yeah, I think you'll find every successful team, everyone's on, on the same page. You know what I mean? There's no te- There's no successful team that has people thinking elsewhere or anything like that. Everyone has to be on the same page because the good managers will get rid of that straight away. So I think, you know, even even through, I, mean, I can't remember the lady in the kitchen. She used to give the last stick all the time. I can't remember her name, but she's brilliant. Um, Sue and her husband, um, who just part of the security and that looked after the training room. Them people, they, they give, they used to give you banter every day. Just you know what I mean. They, and there was loads of characters at the time. And looking back, it's full of good people, man. Really good people. Oh, and when you finally um, you clinched the, the promotion, and obviously had a good end to the season, and ev- everyone was celebrating, and you got the record and and all that. And then after that, did you did you sort of take a proper break from it all, or were you already thinking ahead to? You know, I'm going to have a chance in the Premier League now. Were you, were you already mentally preparing yourself, or, or did you have a a proper break at the end of the season? I did have a break because I had a I had a broken leg, so I was in with John Fern, um, John in another character, John Fern, absolutely another fantastic person you can't forget. Like, yeah, John Fern, he made sure he told me I he gave me an air cast where you can take off. So he told me to do weights on my leg. I was like, what? It's broken. He went, yeah, it's all right though. It's been pinned. So you can do weights on, just move it up and down, do weights and keep the strength up. So your leg don't go skinny and you got that rehab to do. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So I did that. And then I was back running when we were six weeks and, and I was limping. And then finally used to go, Leo, it's just in your head. It's just in your head. You just put your foot down, will you? Just put your foot down. Now, you know, in your head when you've been injured and you're like a bit timid. And, you know, he, he just said, go for it. You'll be fine. It's pinned. It's not going to move, Leo. Don't worry. He gave me comfort. Um, so I was just getting myself ready. And I was ready for the first game of the season against uh, Middlesbrough. So that was my target to make sure I was ready ready for pre-season. I think I, my first pre-season game was at Didcot. Because we used to play them every year, didn't we? Um, yeah. I think I came on in the second half there and scored a hat-trick. So I was like, oh, my legs are all right then. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... I was building my confidence, building my strength. And, um, yeah, by the time the season came, I was on the bench, though. But and once again, kids got injured. I came in at half time. So, you know, you're looking back now, you're thinking, we was really blessed, weren't we? Like, not with the injuries. Don't want to be injured. But I think the timing of injuries, anything that worked out for the, the squad and the team. Yeah. And then going into that first game of, of the season, what were your sort of expectations if you like were you were you expecting to have a really good season or you, you didn't know well you're just excited you have no fear if you do well, I, weren't, I didn't think about not doing well because I was thinking I worked all my life like half most of my life at that point I was only 20 years old I think when we got to the Premier League um, so I've been playing for 10 years so it's half my life at the time to get there um, 
I just thought, just have a go. You've got nothing to lose, no? you know. Scored in the League One, scored in Championship. It's only a level up. So just try to score as many goals as you can there. So, yeah, I just thought we had no fear in the squad. Everyone was just determined and hungry and excited. Um, a lot of the lads is first year in the Prem, and I think you find that every team in the first in their first year in the Prem do do all right. So yeah, I was just really excited about it. and to live a boyhood dream playing in the Premier League, same as the people you looked up to and um, way before. So yeah, it was it was fantastic. And obviously, that was uh, you know an interesting introduction to the Premier League, wasn't it? That that game, um, you know, and the. For the second half compared to the first half, what what do you remember about that game in particular? Well, I was on a bench, so we went two 0 down. I was looking at who was up front for them, uh, Vaduka and them guys. I was thinking Vaduka. I've been watching this guy since I was a kid, like, and um, I was like, he's only human, isn't he? <laughs> you know what I mean? And but they went two 0 up. Even then, Steve Copper, the genius he is. I thought he'd be going mad at that point because of the level he was at. In the changing room, still as calm as ever. One thing was, I've never seen Steve lose his rag with anybody. Like, he talks in the same tone, the same volume, everything like that. And I couldn't believe it, but we went out, went back out. We always, if he was playing bad, we'd we'd always play better in the second half after listening to the team talk from the gaffer and the staff and that. Um, yeah, we weren't, I didn't think, I didn't think we lost even 2-0 down. I wasn't, I didn't think, oh, that's how it's finished. I didn't think anything negative. The buzz was still there and I was coming on at half time and, you know, man, we got back in the game and um, before half time we got back in the game and I managed to get the winner in the second half. So, And then the, the rest of the season, obviously a fantastic season and, and what you achieved, where, where you finished. What was that first season in the Premier League like for for you and, and and the other players? Just to be part of that, you know, this is Reading up in the Premier League for the first time. But you, you had such a fantastic season. What what was that like for you? Um, yeah, it was great. I think we surprised everyone. Um, but I wasn't surprised with us personally. Uh, I was quite disappointed that we didn't get the European spot from Bolton. And it was it went down to the last game of the season. We was away at Blackburn, right? Yeah. Um, we both could make the European spot, and we missed out. Um, we I think we lost three two at Blackburn, or something like yeah three two. I think it was, and Bolton finished above us. Um, yeah, so it was disappointing in, in the end. But then you go back and you're like, get put your feet on the ground. We've done all right here. We're in the t- we're in the top. We do finish eighth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Finish eight, so top eight team in the country. That's yeah. not a bad thing. It's a little red in to everyone else, but you know that's an achievement. Yeah, and then you know it wasn't just the the two seasons in the, in the Premier League. Obviously, you had some good cup games as well. The Man United game, um, you know, to actually compete with with a team like that, um, you know, it's just, just a fantastic time to be a a Reading player, you know, to be involved in the club, to be a fan, you know, it's just, just must've been like a, a really enjoyable time for you. I would have thought. Yeah, it was because as I said, we, we, I was around, you know, I was in a squad full of hungry young players and with lots of determination, desire. Um, 
different abilities, but the main thing was our hunger and desire and determination. And everybody had that. So, yeah, we was very fortunate to be in that squad. Everyone everyone understand what I mean now, the players that are in that squad, because if you look around in the change room, we had loads of that. And the management, I have even more respect of them, of, of them now because looking back, that must have been some job for the recruitment staff and Brian, you know, because you know, that's why he picked me up to get get to know the character. That's you know, listen to my story where I'm from because you don't know sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the following season we tried bringing young, hungry players, and some of them didn't work out. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What, what do you think the main difference was in in the second season compared to you know such a fantastic first season in the Premier League? I think a lot of us wanted to move on, like myself included. Um, we wanted to go to that next level on, because there was clubs sniffing around and uh, trying to get me in and I wanted to, you know, test myself at a next level, see how I handled that pressure and and what I, what I could do for them because I know I knew they're better. At Reading, we weren't getting many chances in the, in the, in the first year or the second. We weren't getting loads of chances, but the other teams always seem to give. So I, I, in my head, I was like, can I go to one of the teams that can create them chances so that I can be there to put them away? And I think, yeah, that was the biggest problem in our second year. A lot of us, you know, as I said, including myself, wanted to move on. Mm. And, and then, obviously, you had a you had a couple of loan spells during your time at, at Reading, didn't you? And were you sort of, did you kind of accept that, um, you know, just looking for your, your next club and or what was, what was your mindset when you you were out on loan and, and that sort of thing? Well, I was, I was being a bit immature at the time because I didn't get my move. So I done, I had a little sulk and that's not never the way to um, respond to that. Um, then got back to the next season. I think we got relegated into, back into the championship, struggling to... Be, you know, wanted to. I would, didn't want to be there. Um, I wanted to move on. It wasn't happening, and I'm. I just felt like I needed to move on. And you know, the manager don't mess about. He does what's best for the team. And um, I was on the bench a lot. Well, most of the time. And um, and I'm not one to just sit on the bench and you know be happy there. And so I asked to go alone. They said no a couple of times, and things was going on off the pitch where eventually they agreed for it it was best for me to go on loan and I think my first loan was Charlton so yeah I went down to Charlton and um, yeah I enjoyed it there for I think it was there three months and then Reading called me back was that in the second year sorry that was in the second year in the Premier League yeah they called me back Um, didn't want to go back but (laughs) got to do what the club says Um, yeah they put me straight in the team and anything like that but you know what? You know in football, with some if you don't want to be there, then it's, it's, it's not the place for you. You're not going to be at your best at all. Yeah. What What would you if you could pick out one happiest memory from your time at Reading? What What would that be? What What's the one thing that pops into your head that you know you you think about um, your time at Reading and what was the the best thing about that for you? Good question. No one's ever asked me that. Best thing at Reading. Um, pre-season trips. 
I've never been away on pre-season now. But one thing is, to, so yeah, got to know the lads. I remember it was the first time you had to sing a song in front of all the lads because I've only been, I only had been at one club before as a pro. And um, well, we went to Boros in Sweden and um, we all had to sing a song at dinner and everything. I was like, what the hell was going on? I just cracked on with it. And uh, um, yeah, I enjoyed- you remember? <laughs> Not a clue. Come on, man. That was nearly 20 years ago. I can't remember that. Um, yeah, so that moment I thought, oh, wow, this is nice, isn't it? Everyone's actually, because uh, Bristol was good, but it was a different culture there. It was like, Bristol City was like a drinking culture. If you weren't drinking, no one really talked to you. So at Reading, it was more like like people getting out of their comfort zone, talking to everyone and getting to know everyone's name, even the staff that, you know, your Rons and everyone like that. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably, that opened up my eyes to like, well, football is actually just a normal place. Yeah. <laughs> just a normal normal workplace full of people. Not what I do. I know it's not work. It is work, but it's not work if you're, you're doing what you love. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I just, I like that about it. And uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I've been in a different country, just meeting these guys and I'm away with them. They're not my mates, but I'm away with them. We just got on. A, yeah. I'll probably say that, just getting to know more. Yeah. Uh, and your career has included um, playing for England under 21s. Um, did you have ambitions at, at that stage that did you think you had the potential to play for the England senior team? Oh, do you remember that season? What was it our first year in the Prem? I was, I think, 10 in 10 in the league or in League and Cup for Reading at the time. And I've been scored for the 21s and I've done all that. I remember there was a striker crisis at the time. Now, there was loads of players out. You know, loads of the the main ones are all injured. And then they called up David Nugent from the championship. Made no sense to me. But looking back, I know reasons why and everything like that, which I won't get into. But didn't happen for me at senior level. No problem. Still enjoying myself and uh, had, had a good career. Yeah, and obviously you had a you know brilliant season for Reading in the Premier League as well, like you say with the the goals, and then you moved on. And um, most of the ex Reading players we we speak to, Leroy, they've um, they've retired long ago, but you're you're still playing. I mean, you've gone on to play. You moved to Middlesbrough. You had a loan spell at Norwich City. Then you moved to Middlesbrough, Swansea. Yeah. You know, you played in the Premier League again. Um, few different clubs you moved I think you played out in Thailand didn't you, you played in yep. Greece um, and then you sort of moved into non-league and you're playing with Ilkeston Town now and I yep. think got, I, I saw um, a few weeks ago you got a hat trick didn't you in, in one game yep. and, um, you, I, I just get a sense from you Leroy that you're someone who's always just loved playing football and, and that's probably still the case is that, hmm. is that a good summary that's the number one thing for me. Is I've loved it from the first day I went down the park and my mates told me to take it serious. So, um, yeah, I just enjoy it because I look at it now, I'm still fit. I still look after myself. I'm like, why, not, why, not, why am I not playing? Like, I stopped for about a year and I was like, why am I not playing? And then, because I was still getting offers and stuff like that. This was professional at the time. 
still getting offers and that. Um, then after I came back from Thailand, I just started playing non-league and it's been all right. You, you play once a week and sometimes train once and that's yeah. that's all it is. So there's no burden on me to be at training or anything like that. Just, yeah. you know, get out there and play football. And, but I want to be there. I want to, you know, see how my body feels. I feel great. So I'm going to play as long as I can. And what else are you, are you doing with your life now, Leroy? I'm coaching as well, so yeah. uh, I'm enjoying that. So just waiting for, so I want to be a manager one day. So just waiting for the right opportunity, and then that will be my that will be my ambition from now. Maybe Reading one day. Hey, never say never. Paul Ince is there, so you know he's um he's a top player. He's, he's, I think he's done a good job. Um, but I'm hearing talks of Graham Murray coming in, right? Yeah, that's a rumor. I've heard that. Yeah. Well, I know, mate. Yeah. If you need, if you need strike a coach or something like that, I can begin like that, mate. Nah. Um. Yeah. I hope that's what I hope to do one day. I'm gonna work for that, and um, when I get the right opportunities, or I don't, I don't mind what route. I'm not gonna be picky because you know some of the top people on on this planet in the on in the football world have started from nowhere. So yeah. we'll do it. All right, Leroy. Well, look, I really appreciate your time coming on. You, you've uh, given up a lot of your time for us, so thanks very much for that. Um, no problem. Reading legend, part of that amazing Reading team that that we all remember and, and love. And um, yeah, thanks ever so much for your for your time, Leroy. So, next game for Reading is uh, this afternoon against Hull. Um, so let's hope we can break that losing run. And our next eighteen seventy one podcast episode episode is out on Tuesday when we'll be focusing on Reading FC's women and our guest will be Sky Sports WSL presenter Lindsay Hooper so that's available from 7pm on Tuesday and I'd just like to finish off by saying thanks ever so much Leroy been an absolute pleasure to speak to you no problem Mark mate take care Sports Social Podcast Network Step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.